Good afternoon, I'm Jennifer Stevens and welcome to Make the Connection. I'm here today with my good friend, Susan Hewlett, who is the Executive Director of the Bell Children's Foundation, but I like to say Grand Poopa of Bell Children's. So thanks for being with me, Susan. I appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Thank you for having me. I just love it. Always, we always need more time to talk. So we do wonderful. need more time to talk. Well, it's, you know, we started talking, you and I doing this um, back in March when everything hit and I was feeling uh, overwhelmed myself and I felt like um, I kind of tend to be a ridiculously optimistic person. So I was thinking, well, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, um, I bet other people are too. And so you very graciously agreed to jump on and do a, do a quick webinar with me then. And then since we've worked together a lot. And um, so I kind of wanted to wrap up the year with you because I know that you've got a lot of thoughts on 2021 and I have a lot of thoughts on 2021. So I really appreciate you, you being well, you know, willing to do this with us again. Glad Thank to be here. So when, Let's talk about, let's wrap up 2020 and, and let's talk about, you know, there have been good things in 2020 and there have been important, I think, lessons learned, both from a communications as well as a fundraising perspective. And I'm curious your opinion on, you know, what do you think are those trends, um, those things that, you know, we didn't know about a year ago today that now are a part of our lives and a part of our jobs that, that you think will stay? If we had had a crystal ball on March 13th, Jennifer, I mean, we would be rolling in it right now. Who knew? We really felt like, okay, everybody go home and we'll remote work. And then in a month, we'll reschedule our events and we'll go. I mean, I can't tell you how much I believed this was going to be a short-lived situation in the beginning. It was probably mid-April before it really sunk in that we were in this for the long haul. Um, but like you said, there, there have been some shining moments, especially in our work in philanthropy. Um, of course, we, we were scared. We thought everybody's going to hit the brakes on giving. And that has just been clearly the opposite. Um, there's, there's just been so much joy in seeing people give. Of course, there's been acute need. So people have stepped up to give to acute need like they do in disasters like people, like humans do all the time. But then what we've really seen is that people haven't forgotten about what they cared about before the pandemic hit, right? So they've supported the crisis, many crises um, along the way this year in 2020, but they haven't forgotten about what inspires them before that. And they've continued to give to that. So we've really seen Everybody stay with us and new folks join us, which has been just a surprise and delight. Amazing. Um, of course, we took our, FY, our next year's budget and we thought, oh, we got to pull back. We got to not, not overshoot the goal. And everything's coming in as it should above that. So it's, it's been really neat to see. We know the power in philanthropy. We've always known that existed. I think this year, 2020, we've been reminded of it in a beautiful way that the power of philanthropy exists, whether it's a kiddo giving his lemonade stand money or it's a billionaire trying to change like a whole system, right? Like everywhere in between, there's huge power in it. And so that hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. 
Well, and I think, you know, there's optimism in philanthropy, right? So you're, you're choosing to invest time, talent, treasure into something with the optimistic goal of, of making a difference, finding a cure, changing a life, saving a life, whatever it is. So in a year full of pessimism, how can you communicate optimism? I mean, has that been a challenge from a marketing perspective or, you know, what have y'all been doing? Yeah. And of course, you know, we're, we're in healthcare. So always trying to find that balance of how much to talk about the, the pandemic, the crisis, the healthcare crisis we're all in, and then how much to keep pressing forward. Um, but you're absolutely right um, that we're so optimistic because philanthropists and people that fundraise want to make better, right? We're doing anything we do, an event, a campaign, we have a goal of making something better. So that's, that's um, really good to be reminded of. But we, so we've had the hardest time probably just balancing how much we're talking about the pandemic with how much we're talking about the future and our campaign and the growth of Dell Children's and all that needs to happen outside of this virus, right? So just keeping that balanced. Um, we found early on a lot of people, even and yourself included in this, is people just saying, don't veer from the mission, keep pressing forward. So I got a lot of great coaching myself in keep telling your story. And so we, we've just done a lot of that. Um, you know, we do everything through storytelling. So keep continuing. We're growing in cardiovascular um, neurosciences, cancer care, maternal fetal. Those are kind of our four areas right now that we're growing in. So we've continued to share a lot of stories around those and remind people that this isn't the only healthcare issue to solve in Central Texas and beyond, that we need to create a better pediatric ecosystem. And we still need to do that regardless of any crisis that comes our way. Um, and that's resonated, it really has. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, you know, from a 2020 perspective, we, you know, we learned to Zoom and, uh, and we, learned, we learned lots of things like that. Um, and in the event space, you know, we learned virtual. And, um, you know, if you'd have told me a year ago that I would be producing virtual events, I would have told you you were crazy and you know now i feel so comfortable you know talking about them and and advising on them and, and producing them and so you know that i think in um in hindsight will always be a blessing that you know to me that we were able to learn and you know my team was you know nimble and i kept saying everybody rode the boat yeah you know, i didn't even know which direction the boat was going in <laughs> for a while but everybody just row and you know but learning that virtual i think you know as i think about 2020 and what's going to keep what's going to remain and you know beyond i think virtual or some form of virtual hybrid event in the event space um is here to stay because i do think it gives you a chance to to tell that story to reach a bigger audience um to carry an event outside of the room it's in and so I obviously very much believe in the power of the live event, but, but I do think that that virtual piece is in some form or fashion here to stay. And I'm, I'm curious your opinion about that. Yeah, I fully agree. And don't you think we've gotten better just in this short amount of time in finding the intimacy in the virtual event? So I feel like at first it was kind of this weird thing and now we'll get on a Zoom and people are leaning in and there's, there's a connection being made for sure. 
I like you, I like to get together in person. We always will. But I don't think the virtual world will go away. Um, when we do start gathering in larger numbers in person again, um, I think we'll enjoy those times. Those times will be amazing. Um, but I think we'll always have those virtual components. Just like you, we are finding we can reach more people. And when yep. you've got a mission and when you've got dollars to raise, reaching more people is everything. So, so I don't know that we won't have live and virtual components to many events. Um, and then sometimes when it's just a meeting, right? And nobody needs to drive across town or nobody needs to fly to Dallas. I think this really works well to go virtual. So I think we even did a virtual um, connection with our grandparents club. And we were urged to do so by someone in the grandparents club. She said, don't be ageist. You know, we can Zoom too. We're all Zooming here. And it was Emily Moreland. Emily, if you watch this, thank you. It was the most fun. I mean, we really connected. We all cried. The team was crying. The grandparents were crying. We shared our stories. We had these Dell Children's moments. And we realized that, that we can do this. We can connect to people in this way. Like you, I want to go. I want to dress up. I want to see people's outfits. And I want to go to ACL. And I want to go to the Fairmont and everywhere we used to go. But I don't know if I need to do that every night like we used to do. That, right. That's, that's going to stick with me. Right. Well, now I definitely agree that, you know, the, the constant driving around town, meeting the meeting, which was really my life before all this, um, you know, I have learned that I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And the, that is, is nice. Um, but I, but, but otherwise, I, you know, I agree with you. I think there'll be a balance coming out of this. You know, the, there's a reason they, that we sign peace treaties in person. You know, sitting across a table from somebody and looking them in the eye and building that connection is so powerful mm -hmm. and, and that personal relationship. And so, you know, it, it can be a little difficult, you know, on, on the virtual, but, but, I think, but I do think it's here to stay. So now, okay, so 2021 is around the corner. We were just talking. We know both of us know people that are already being vaccinated. And, and um, I spoke actually yesterday to a friend of mine in the healthcare industry and you know their prediction was that by July or maybe August at the latest anyone who wants to have been vaccinated will have had a chance to be vaccinated by that point so that's you know whereas in the beginning we thought well and then in another month we'll be out of this I think now we're kind of like okay when will we be out of this and to me you know somewhere between now and, and next summer really feels like okay, that's attainable, right? Like that feels attainable to me. So what's that look like? I mean, what trends do you think will come on in, let's say the live event space, you know, in 2021, when we do start to reopen? How do you think that looks and feels? Yeah, um, I think the, the biggest grief I had, or what I grieved the most out of all of this was the, the loss of our ability to plan and I'm really looking forward to get back to our ability to plan. That, that was huge for us. Like we really grieved that loss and still are to some degree as things are still shifting a little bit beneath our feet. Um, I tend to think that gatherings may be a little smaller, not small, small, but you know, maybe if you had a thousand people in a ballroom, you're looking at 500, 750. More intentional, um, and I think less of them. I think the, the ones that 
you know, I think we'll do a lot of editing in our lives. We, we edited down to staying home, right? And doing that. And now what we bring back will be really intentional. So folks will be looking for that high impact, high mission type of event to go to something that really, and then I think the kind of at home dinner party is coming back, you know, they do in fundraising world, I think doing things in people's homes, um, small things where you can really visit and get to know people. I think that'll be important, but for our larger events that we all have where we fundraise, um, I think folks will be looking for those really high impact events. I think that's right. And I think saying that your comment of editing, I think is, is right. Um, so I think, you know, we've always talked about the competition for dollars and the importance of driving your mission and driving your brand and distinguishing who you are and why invest in you. I think that's going to be even more important because I do think people are going to be selective about where they put their time. And so, uh, you know, I completely agree. I think the ballrooms of 1200 are going to probably shrink to be ballrooms of call it 700. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, I think that's okay. I think we're going to learn, you know, that I think for a long time, everybody was, you know, it's got to be more, it's got to be bigger. Yep. It's got to be more, more is more. And now I think maybe less is more. And, yep. uh, and that selectivity is going to mean that organizations have to be really on the ball because you're going to be competing, you know, like you just said, I may go to an event, but I'm not going to go to one every night. I feel the exact same way. So that means which one am I choosing? And, and, and it better be a high impact experience. And one of the things that I think is also going to happen is I think that those events are going to have to deliver an experience in a better way than they delivered in the past, because people are being selected. So when they walk in, by golly, it better be like on point. And so I think that the patience maybe that some people used to have for like, well, you know, it was a thousand people and took forever to get in. Well, you know, my dinner wasn't great. I think that patience factor is gone. And I think people's expectations will be really high. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I very much agree. And the creativity it's going to take to really garner those audiences because now we've got all of that. We've all learned this technology together, right? Like everybody can Zoom. Everybody can go virtual. Everybody can um, blast stuff out into the world. Um, social media has really changed the game during this time for us. Um, we're, our heightened awareness to social media um, during March to now is huge. And I think that will play into our events more. Yeah, yeah, no, I do too. So are you optimistic for 2021? I am, as we've talked about in the past. I, I mean, I don't think you can do this kind of work and not be optimistic. And so I really am. We're just bullish on 2021. We've seen so much great human kindness and um, togetherness uh, during this time. I feel like even though there's been some, you know, divisive opinions and people with different opinions about different issues from March until now, there's the, I hope we have this sense when we round the corner, it's January, 20, January 1st, 2021, that we all did come through something together. You know, whatever your age is, whatever your generation, this is history. We've, we've had history here. This is big history. You know, our great grandkids will definitely be reading about the pandemic of 2020. So um, I do think there's a, a togetherness in it that I hope we all feel. Um, Philanthropically, 
I mean, we're just seeing people want to help. I think those who can help have a bigger sense of responsibility now to meet the needs of our community than ever. I don't know if I've ever felt like everyone feels responsible for this town, this community, this, let's call it Texas, um, than I do now. Just people yeah. say, stepping up left and right. Yeah. So how, who's going to go first? How, how does somebody go first and have the first live philanthropic event? I mean, what do you think that's going to well, take? I mean, I think it's going to be MJ and M, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course but, I do. Of course. Um, no pressure, Jennifer. <laughs> you know, gosh, we were, our date on the Dell Children's event is February 6th. And man, we were, it's, it's been touch and go. I mean, we, we made a good plan. We're sticking with it. It's a hybrid, right? It's not a full on everybody come, but it's not a full on virtual. So it's a hybrid um, and that's February. And I, I really do think by April, May, June, we're going to be seeing some, some live events, whether they have a virtual component to make people comfortable that might not be otherwise. That's cool. And that's great. I think all day long, let's have more people join us. Um, keeps expenses down. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get creative with that, but I do think we're going to see it by late spring, early summer. Yeah, I agree. And what, what we're seeing and starting to advise is, is just that. Let's build a sponsorship deck and let's build an event strategy and platform that will meet our donor where they are. I think a yeah. lot of people are ready to go. They're optimistic. Me, I've got no qualms about being out and about. The others, for whatever reason, don't feel the same way. I still want to be able to find a way to meet them where they are and engage them in what we're doing. Have the you been surprised that sponsors are stepping forward in the same way or in bigger ways without all the benefits of like dinner and you know the kind of hard benefits to you know yes but i will say that the feedback i've received you know specific to a couple of things has been i'll do this this year i want to be there next year yeah so i think there was a patience a grace maybe with each other to get through this year for sure i did that. like you i completely agree that philanthropy really stayed on track people really stepped up to take care of their community and the things they care about but i think that that grace is going to be a little bit short-lived and it's kind of interesting you know this goes to this is donor cultivation 101 which we've talked about many times you have to know your funders right so I think there are funders who could care less whether they get the dinner and see people and wear the dress and they just want to invest because they want to invest mm -hmm. and that's fine. But I think there are others who that is an important part of their social life. It is something that they personally enjoy and they want to be there and feel connected in a personal, you know, kind of tangible way. And yeah, so I agree. Everybody's in it kind of for a different reason. For sure. We've struggled the most at that table buyer level, right? The person that does want to come and buy a table. And I think what we found, and we're still working on it, um, we've educated our world on table buying. Here's your table. It's for eight. It's for 10. It's for 12. This is what it comes. This is the wine. This, we've really made that our thing. Yeah. And now we're going, okay, wow. Okay, here's our mission. And yeah. here's this. And here's how, we're, how many hits you're going to get on social media. And we're having to come up with some better benefits, right, to, to prove our worth 
which is a good exercise for us. It pushes us, but it's been a really good exercise because that um, kind of selling tables for so long um, was the hardest thing to replace. Yeah, for sure. And now we sort of took the table to them, right? So then you would do, okay, we're going to do your dinner deliveries or your, you know, your wine and your desserts and your floral and that sort of thing. But, you know, that there people do, everyone does things for a little bit of a different reason and, or a different motivation. And so that element I do think is critically important to bring back when we can, because there is a, there is a personal relationship, marketing, you know, social aspect that is very important to people. Um, not to everybody, but but to a lot of people. And that that piece has been a little bit tough. Um, and so I think people are going to be, you know, anxious to to do that. And, they, and again, maybe not in the biggest, you know, maybe not a thousand in the ballroom right away. But, yeah. but I, I can see several hundred in a ballroom pretty quickly. Yeah. I have a little I have a little 2020 um, power of philanthropy letter we got from a dad. Could I read it to you? Yeah, please says to him it may concern a short story we have special needs kids about 10 years ago your hospital cared for one of our sons the bill was big and insurance took care of most of it at the time we did not have enough money to pay for all of our part of the bill i've remembered the amount was about 900 dollars. i can now pay that see my enclosed check the most important thing for my wife and for me of course is our son our son is that you all were there for us to make sure that our son was able to be cared for and that he received the care to live. He's 19 now and we are grateful to you all. We have come back several times since to get care from you. Thank you for saving lives. We keep you in our prayers. Please put this to use where it is needed. Awesome. 10 years later, this guy pay, you know, gives money to the hospital and, and you just know that's where the, the power in it, you know, the healing, the giving, the, the why we all do it. Um, yeah, I just, I was like, that's a, that's a 2020 moment right there to receive that in this year. Like of all years, he's got the money to pay back what he felt like he owed, you know, it's yeah. this year. I just that's, thought that was super special. That's super super special. I love it. I know. I had a hard time reading it because it's like this. And then it also makes me cry. So. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I'm nothing if not slightly more emotional. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, if that, that'll probably serve us all well, is that we're all a little softer. We're a lot more emotional after coming through all this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, my daughter said to me the other day, she goes, mom, She's 14, almost 15. She said, Mom, do you think that my grandchildren will ask me about this moment in time? And I said, they will, you know. And what will you say? And she said, you know, I'm going to tell them we had a lot of fun. We did a lot of movies and we did a lot of walks and we, you know, did this and that. And, you know, Mom was cutting our hair and it was funny. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, if a child who lost you know, a year of, who is social, social, she's more social than me, which is like nearly impossible, um, can have that kind of optimism at the end of a year like this, then, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's a good lesson for me and maybe all of us to, you know, push pause and look and say, okay, what, what are the bright side things that I can share? Because right. I do think that that optimism and the energy of optimism is, you know, 
is what will propel us into 2021 and into much, much brighter days ahead. Yeah, could not agree more. So, okay, so I, I think we know what to do. We have to communicate our message. We have to overuse social media because we've learned in the last six, nine months how very critical it is. And uh, we've got to be optimistic. We've got to meet people where they are. And um, we got to keep making the ask. We got to keep making the ask. And we got to get back into that ACL moody, Jennifer. And we got to get back. I mean, I cannot tell you how I just can't wait to stand backstage and look out and see nothing but faces of joy and engagement and connectivity. And I will, that I will cry. That will probably be my exhale moment. I will cry with you. And I think I will appreciate it more than ever. I think if it's possible, I think we will appreciate our human connections even more. I think that's right. I think that's right. We got a lot of power to do a lot of good. And um, I'm so appreciative to you and for your friendship and your leadership in our community. And thanks for doing this and being with us today. Right back at you. Thank you for having me.